Welcome to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. Are you ready to deep dive into a better understanding of how your mind, body, and relationships to everything else in your world come together? For the next hour, we invite you to embark on a journey of discovery and connections. Now, here's your host, Katherine Potter. Hello, everyone. My name is Katherine Potter, and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. For those of you who are new to the show, each week we explore topics that support the idea that everything and everyone is interconnected and in relationship. The idea of all things being in relationship and interconnected is an interesting thing to think or talk about, but what does it really mean to live in a way that is inclusive, respectful, and supports both our needs and dreams as well as others? What does it mean to go beyond tolerating others to caring about and loving them? What does it mean to release our lover at home, at work, in our community and in the world? We sing about love, we write poems about love, we pray and chant in the name of love, we look for love, and yet throughout humanity's history, we have often and continue to take actions that sacrifice love. Today's show is all about the different faces of love, the near enemy of love, and as the mystic poet Rumi once said, that we don't need to seek love, but instead find all the barriers within ourselves that we have built against it. So joining me today is Doris Kieser, a professor of theology and ethics, and the conversation and topic is all about love. So welcome, Doris. Thank you, Catherine. It's really good. Yeah, and it's good to have you back. So for those of you who uh, haven't listened to a previous show, um, Doris was here once before, and she was talking about Catholicism and feminism and sexuality and all the cool stuff and she's a professor of theology and ethics at St. Joseph's College and she's been teaching ethics and theology for more than 20 years in the areas of sexuality, women's spirituality, bioethics, the body and theology, death, dying and suffering. But today, my friend, we're going to talk about my favorite topic which is love. So, So a great big welcome back to you. Thank you. All right, so Um, Let's, why don't we just start off by um, talking about the four loves from Greek philosophy. So tell us a little bit about that as an overview, and then we'll break them down and look at when that is happening, when it isn't, what is love, what isn't love. So let's start there. I think that's a good starting place. So going way back, I mean, I think what's interesting about this, pardon me, is that We've been thinking about love and the ways in which we love for as long as Since we've we could been think, upright. Right? Yes. yes. And so um, the Greeks had broken love into sort of four categories. And the first category is storge, which is empathy, general human love. So the capacity, regardless of whether we know someone or don't know them, to reach ourselves out to them and and at least understand, if not share the feelings that they might be having. Right? And we hear a lot about empathy these days, and we're going to go further into it. So let's, yeah, okay, but not right. Let's have the four, and then we'll go. Okay, and then the second one is philia, which is friendship, which we tend to share um, with people we do know, and we extend that 
in increments, you know, depending on how well we know someone. But generally, the idea that you can love someone who is your friend. And then the er, uh, the aspect of eros, which is erotic and romantic love, and probably most people know a lot about that, but it has to do with the ways in which we embody love in relationship with others. And, um, and it got sort of pushed aside there for a long time, but it's, you know, coming back into our understanding of the greater aspects of love. And then the last is what they would call agape, which is like charity, or um, the Latin for that would be caritas, which is operating from a place of love in the world. So undertaking actions that show a capacity for loving others, again, whether or not we know them, but being able to exhibit love for someone and then acting on that love. So Rather than, if if we're talking about it in the context that we know it today, charity, people often think, well, you know, charity is giving money or giving something to someone to help them. But the idea of charity is that the action comes from a place of love. It's It's not the giving of the money that's important. It's the impetus of love in giving of money to help somebody. So that's where so that comes So let's in. stay here for a little bit because I'd okay. like to break each one of these categories down and so we may as well, we're here. So let's stay with that. So you're talking about, because somebody can, somebody can take an act of, you know, in the name of charity, but then not be a kind or loving person right. and they're doing it either for ego or they're doing it because they don't want to go to hell or they're doing it or whatever version right. that yes. is yeah, yeah. or they're banking on maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but I'm going to get my reward later. There's so many reasons why mm-hmm. we're charitable mm-hmm. and sometimes it's even about love. So you're talking about from a place of fullness within us, from yeah. a place of caring within us, mm-hmm. and we we ha- we it's an action. So this is love as a verb, not <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so so charity is not. I think we had this conversation a little bit before. It's not the same as pity. If you give, yes. if you give from a place of love, it's not because you pity. It's because you understand that this is a loving thing to do for this person that um, or this organization or this cause or whatever, that you actually have a sense of uh, the meaning of the giving rather than just the giving. It's not just that, oh, I'll get a tax receipt for that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it comes from a much deeper deeper place. Which is great that we get the tax receipt. So yes. there's lovely yes. all those benefits, yes. but it's the outcome. And so we were talking about this. And so we're ta- we're talking now about charity and we're talking about empathy. And what we were talking about earlier before we um, started the show was compassion. Mm-hmm. And, and we were talking about the near enemy of compassion, right? And so the near enemy is saying that compassion pity is not compassion because mm. pity is something about well i'm superior oh poor you right you know yeah. you're this you're that i'm going to come and because i'm a good person i'm going to do this and so yeah. i think that's what you're saying yeah that it and truly is an act of love yeah and compassion if you take the word apart in its latin sense it means to share passion with to share emotion with, right? Mm. And so to be able to have compassion for someone, um, you can't just say, oh, you know, look at you, poor you. You have to share in some way in that person's 
feeling about where they're at and, and their experience. Um, so it's not the same as just, uh, you know, saying, oh, I pity you where you're at. It's, yes. That's where yes. that comes from. Yes, yeah. because sometimes we look at a situation and think, thank God I'm not there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I better be really, really charitable <laughs> because then I maybe might not have that happen to me. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's good, right? Yeah. For, for us to write. But we're going to have those feelings, yes. right? We're going yeah. to watch somebody in pain and and all of those things will come up possibly our desire to be compassionate to have empathy and also our fear right that oh yeah. my gosh yeah yeah for right. sure and that's I mean we're complex creatures right and I don't know that there's any one of us who operates 100% from a place of love because not that's not how we're built as as humans we experience all kinds of things and that's going to feed into the way we respond to people so maybe it will be pity and maybe it will be out of fear maybe it will be out of anger or despair or hopelessness um that could be but I think one of the processes of learning love is trying to as Rumi said recognize the walls that we build up that sort of take us away from that ultimate capacity to act out of love so here's a good place to go to and we will throughout the uh, show today we'll come back to those other categories but let's talk about the walls Mm. that um, build up because none of us are going to get through life mm-hmm. without loss. Right. We're not going to get through life without pain. <laughs> right. We are not. I mean, everybody, there is going to be suffering at some point. Of right. Course, yeah. But um, what we want to be able to do, of course, is stay open mm-hmm. to being loving and to to being loving, I guess that's the best way to yeah, say about yeah. it, or the best way to say it. So let's go there for a moment mm-hmm. um, about, you know, so many people are talking about that they want love, but they're looking at, at looking at it as this external thing. Right. And they're looking for an empty place to feed, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling a lack of something, and so I want love. Yeah. Send me love. And love can be coming to them a thousand ways in yeah. a day, and they don't recognize it. Yeah. So this is a bit of a lengthier conversation. So I think what we're going to do, we're going to, go to break Mm -hmm. and when we come back we're going to look at what stops us from even recognizing love Mm -hmm. because it might be you know it might be there in front of us and what walls uh, do we have within us that are um, not allowing love to get through okay all right so when we come back stay tuned when we come back we're going to talk about knocking some of those walls down so we can even (laughs) recognize love in whatever form it might come. Excellent. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Katherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. 
For more information, go to katherinepotter.ca. That's katherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit katherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit katherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm talking to Doris Kieser, and we're talking about the very important Uh, about love we're talking about love and um, where we're going to go to now is we're talking about the different phases of love which we'll continue to talk about but we're talking about what happens when something has occurred and we keep looking for love as something external to feed us um, and that we don't recognize love in its many faces in its many Mm -hmm. forms so let's talk a little bit more about We've had probably an event, because as I said, we both said before break, nobody gets to be an adult without some type of loss or some Mm -hmm. pain. Let's talk a little bit more about that, Doris. Yeah, I think sometimes what happens is we... um, we view ourselves as loving only in so far as we get that in return. And so that when something happens that maybe is hurtful or looks not like love, we decide that we're going to close that door or at least put up a little wall so that if anybody else wants to get in there, they're going to have to do a lot of wall breaking down with the sledgehammer and the big bricks and stuff. So, you know, we've done that. Well, I do that. I have done that. And I think one of the things that um, we do with that is that we close off the moments of love that we experience on a day-to-day basis that might help chip away at the walls, right? As though um, if I have a if I've undergone you know a terrible heartbreak, it's not necessarily the case that that is always what my experience is going to be. But I want to protect myself from having that experience again. So the wall goes up a little bit, and then it happens again and again and again. And at a certain point, we close ourselves off to that possibility at least in any way that is healthy, I guess, Mm -hmm. for us. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, Well, you mentioned something which I think is interesting. Um, Well, two things. Number one, that's us looking for love as Mm -hmm. opposed to having an opportunity to be love. And we'll go a little bit more into that because that sounds so dramatic. Let's be love. Um, But (laughs) but the other part is me talking about drama. Um, We often think, 
I, I think that we often think about love in these big exclamation points and it's dramatic and we miss and sacrifice yeah. love in those little moments, right, mm-hmm. where we can, we can respond to somebody, I think, in a way that is loving as opposed to turning away. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more because you meant you kind of went into it, but all the moments in a day where we have yeah. a chance to yeah. experience love. Yeah. Let's go into that. Well, I think, I mean, I'm not a parent, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an expert on parenting, but every moment that you have with your child um, where there might be conflict or disagreement or they're tired or you're tired, where you have the opportunity to say, you know, is this the loving thing I want to do? Or it, it, am I responding from that other place where I'm tired and I'm sick of their whining and I don't want to? And, and those are little moments and they're hard because, of course, you're tired, right? But um, I think little moments like that or in the workplace. So let's go about that because not everyone's a parent. But by the way, I can I recognize those moments having been yeah. I, I, as a mother. And for sure, absolutely, yeah. there's yeah. opportunities, which does not always, which does not mean being nice, no. right? Sometimes love is... You know, just saying no. Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) And it's not necessarily the loving thing to always give in to your child. I don't think anyway, because they have to learn resilience and they have to learn rejection. and, And that is a loving thing to do. It's not necessarily loving to give your child everything so that they don't learn how to work with those things yes yeah there's um there was a story um that i tell in one of my classes of a mother who sent her child off to university and had been a helicopter parent and the kid got to school and a couple weeks in gets a call or a couple months in um gets a call from the university saying her son is there and he's got scurvy and this is real and she's like what do you mean he's got scurvy well i mean the kid was existing on pop and beer and mcdonald's wasn't getting any vitamin and she thought this is because i've never taught him how to care for himself. So I wasn't doing him any favorites. She actually wrote a cookbook called How to Boil Water. Um, So he was, in one sense, she thought she was acting from a loving place, but really overprotective place. She was taking care of everything, so he never had to learn how, and then he goes off to college or university, and it's like, okay. Exactly, and now I've got scurvy. So, So there's a real sense that... Um, loving isn't just indulging, yes. right? It's, yes. it's it's showing and nurturing and fostering and giving them the tool out in the world. I like it. Now let's talk about love in the workplace mm-hmm. because we can. It's easy to understand, you know, there that we can be well. Easy to understand, harder to do. That we can acts of compassion. But right. what about love in the workplace? Yeah, I think that's a tough one. I, you know, I have myself struggled with that and I think part of it is that in a workplace you're going to be surrounded by all kinds of personalities and you want everyone to think like you do or I want everyone to think like I do and obviously they don't how rude how rude exactly (laughs) but the other side of that is that um, you're going to encounter people in in the workplace, if you're a student, doesn't matter where you are, whose intentions might not be as 
let's say, and um, and you wind up in a place of anger or hurt or frustration. And that's when it's, I think, it's the hardest to access that loving thing because you're, or my immediate response is to lash back in anger as a form of protection, right? And fear, like, I'll attack you back. And, and that's a thing that over the course of time, you really have to learn to, you know, um, examine. I mean, we had this conversation where you examine what's going on for you. What are you feeling? What are the things that are leading you to respond in this way or that way to action in the loving thing? Like, what is the loving thing to do? You might not really feel like loving that person because they're annoying. But do you want to be the person who responds out of anger or do you just want to let them be that person? So we were talking about this before and I mentioned that, um, you know, for most part, I'm not an easily aggravated person, but occasionally in my work, somebody will push and uh, the, the our, our admin person will talk to me about a situation and then I'll say to her, okay, I'm not going to respond to this until tomorrow when my my better self can respond because in this moment I cannot find a better response yeah. and then I find if I wait and then okay yeah I really actually can feel more caring or so, and, yeah. which doesn't always mean again agreeing but I can I can handle it in a better situation yeah I think so or in I, a better way rather yeah, yeah I think so and I think um often what happens is we get pushed into places where um our immediate response needs we believe our immediate response needs to be somewhat aggressive or yeah. or lashing out or whatever. And that obviously isn't going to help the situation, even if the other person can't recognize what they're doing. Because that might be the, where that they've come to. That might be their thing. Yeah. Right? And so partially don't we always need to recognize this is where they this person is and how they respond to mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, to respect that. Yes. I mean to respect that, yeah. right? And not expect that they're going to respond in the same way, but for us to hold yeah. the place for us to respond in our own way. Yeah. And, th- and that's a bit of what, when I talked about Storge and, and yes. the notion of empathy is where yeah. you actually, you don't have to feel what someone else is feeling, but if you can understand what they're feeling, you can respond in a way that is loving. Yes. And if you don't give yourself the opportunity to experience that, the chance that you're going to be loving in your response is is minimized, right? If you don't open yourself to the possibility that I can respond in a way that isn't equivalent to the way that that person or that organization is responding to me. Yes. So let's stay a little bit more here because sometimes, I mean, loving isn't always kissy face and huggy no. and it's not be about being nice. And sometimes I think we confuse being nice for being kind, and there's a world of difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, and and so, I think we we again think of love in a very dramatic way. But I think this is what you're talking about when you were saying there's all these opportunities in a mm-hmm. moment, and here in this workspace, there's an opportunity to show a face of love, even though it may not be recognized by the other person as love. Correct. Right. Yes. And why? Because then we feel good, don't we? Yeah, we do. And I mean, that raises the question, like, you know, what is my motivation? Do I just want to feel good? But I think we feel good because we've done something 
that speaks to our character in a more mm-hmm. positive way that mm-hmm. we actually took the time to access that loving resource and respond from that place. And I can tell you from my own experience, when I don't do that, it's highly unpleasant, right? So you sit in a place where you're harboring the frustration or the anger without allowing yourself to get into that place of empathy and that place of compassion and that place of loving. If you don't let yourself go there, you're hurting yourself as much as you're hurting anyone else who you're responding to, or at least so I think. I agree. It's the old cliche. You, you can't hold poison in your mouth without being poisoned, right? <laughs> I cannot hold bitterness for that person without the bitterness seeping into my Absolutely. tissues, into my yeah. tone, yeah. into my... It's the wall again, Yeah, right? It, is, it, it is becomes wall, the wall. Yeah. It's yeah. like, all right, I yeah. So we can have a healthy boundary with somebody, which is different than having a healthy wall. Yeah. And so... I think in some ways, maybe love at first is about wanting to feel good about ourselves. And then it evolves into yeah. something more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, not for, not good about ourselves because we're a good person, but we want to feel good. Yeah. And it feels good to yeah. do these little kind... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. And if you go all the way back into philosophical thinking and whatnot, the idea that I want to be a quote unquote good person comes from being doing things that are good. Mm-hmm. Right. If you if you want to be Acts of goodness, yes. Yeah. If you want to be a kind person, then you have to do kind things. Yes. And if you want to be, you know, a thoughtful person, if you want to be a prudent person, you have to do those things. And loving is all a part of that. And if you can't access that loving bit that sort of permeates out from you rather than get sort of stuck in there and you you know little bits here and there um you 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 wind up getting caught in your own web of limitation yes those walls yeah those walls exactly very much so and then of course you're not then doing it for the other person you're doing it as a yes which is so healthy right Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you're not looking for applause There doesn't have to be all, you may not even, it may not even be noticed. And and isn't that delicious? It brings us to that whole thing of, um, you know, how are we behaving when nobody's looking? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's a a big part of it as well, is that um, to a certain extent, loving is about recognizing where your own ego is is pushing you into something as opposed to your own sense of oh this seems like the loving thing to do so the ego is going to say to you I need to be recognized for this I want people to know that I've done this and there's nothing wrong with people knowing that you're doing good things but that ought not to be your motivation mm-hmm. and that's an important thing that you just said so we can we can be two things at once. Yeah. There can be the part inside going, okay, a little applause, please. Yes. And by the way, I'm doing it because yeah. I'm really letting the lover out. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Excellent. So we're about to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to explore one of the other faces of love. Okay. And so stay tuned as... We continue this delicious, yummy conversation about being a lover as opposed to looking for love.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to CatherinePotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now, back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am talking to Doris Kieser, and we are talking about the wonderful topic of love, and we've been looking at the different phases of love, and we're about to talk about erotic and romantic love, which tends to get all the press. So let's talk a little bit about... Yeah, I think it does. I think we spend a lot of time um, thinking about it, probably because we're told from a very early age that that's it. That's the pinnacle. That's where you go, and that's... uh, where loving is going to be the most profound, which, you know, it may or may not be. Um, but I do think it gets a lot more time, airtime, than the the other forms of love, like, you know, charity and agape and, and, and friendship and those kinds of things. I think we spend a lot of time thinking about about that romantic love and looking for it and looking and looking for it and when we're younger um i think you know that kind of makes sense because we're defining ourselves in some ways but i've often had people clients or students say oh i have uh no love in my life and then i'll say to them oh so what about family or friends and well of course i've got good friends and you know i've got people i like at work but because they're not in a romantic relationship, mm-hmm. they perceive that as not having love. Yeah. Right? And then I'm just like, oh, Catherine, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Why are you talking about I have love? Yeah. So, but, uh, yes, yeah, so let's go yeah. a little bit more yeah, into Yeah, I think so. I think um, we envision romantic love, um, well, quite romantically and quite s- sort of... Um, it's not realistic in some ways, the ways in which we construct it, even though the reality of being in a loving relationship is 
you know, it's a beautiful thing. I don't think it looks like the way that we stereotypically um, envision it. So, you know, being swept off our feet, we hear that in music, we see it in movies where we meet this person and, oh my goodness, you know, oh, and then there's a tangle and then we'll get back together and love will conquer all. And I think... And everybody's beautiful and has great bodies. Exactly. And, and, and there's a soundtrack every time you make love. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> What is that? Um, I think I, I I think that does us a disservice because I think if you truly want to be in a romantic relationship, so that that notion of eros, the thing that is going to make your romantic relationship more um, sustainable over the long haul is not the little you know bringing the flowers home every day or once a week from work. It's that well, will you clean the diapers will you wash the toilet for me like and and I know that doesn't sound like the romantic thing but that's what feeds romance and eros is a sense that you actually care first of all for that other person and the day-to-dayness of what that looks like and romantic love doesn't come from just you know this sparks flying and whatnot it comes from something more um in depth that 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 within us that we can sort of give out and if we're looking for someone to fill us up as you say um, we have to look at what we're ready to receive so not just give Mm -hmm. as a form of loving but also receiving and that I think we have a hard time with that so there was I think there still is a book out and I don't know the whole title but um, so I'm going to mangle this a little bit I think it's called the five faces of love but they talk about Mm. um you know how people sometimes don't recognize that somebody is acting in a loving way so we're talking about for most part in romantic relationships because somebody might think oh you know what i am doing this act of service for you that's how i show love or right right? or the languages of love the languages of love sorry whoever wrote that that i mangled the title (laughs) um and the other one you know what so it's service or or touch you know somebody might be yes like that like they're coming and giving you a hug or rub or um or what else is there was the uh Um, Oh, giving of your time to listen, right? There's so many ways people are showing in romantic relationships how they love, but it may not be a way we recognize. And so opening our eyes up to love. And yes, the flowers are nice, right? But to recognize that somebody might have taken the time to cook your favorite meal, that that's love. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I think um, we get... We sometimes get caught up in, yeah, the romantic ideal of what it should look like. And it's not, we go through phases in our relationships. Like if we're in a romantic relationship, the first date is not going to be the same as a, a date a year in. It and changes, then if yes. you get married and you have three children, that's going to look different. And so love might not be the roses. Love might be. Um, you know, let's let's spend some time with the kids today. I'm mm-hmm. super busy at work, but let's go and spend time with the kids today. And that's the kids will learn that. That's mm-hmm. what they'll learn that love is. And it's not a question of oh, you know, I've only got so much time or space or room for love in my life, so I'm only going to focus it on these people. In my estimation, being in love in any type of love allows you to access more and more love it's not like you're born with a little cup of love and you that's all you get 
and then so you can only give little bits out I think that love becomes much more full when you think okay so the more I give the more my cup is going to fill up and then the more I have to give and I truly believe that I, I don't think love is skimpy or scarce I think when we allow it to be abundant it shows itself in all the different ways but then romantic love or eros becomes a, a part and a parcel with the whole expression of love that is that is overflowing and, and it is evolving and yes. it is changing yeah and we're not talking about falling in and out of love right. when we're becoming lovers mm-hmm. we're talking about a constant love that mm-hmm. grows and changes through time and yeah. yes yes yeah really Absolutely. really important to know so whether that be um, that love or or where we're talking about friendship love it's mm-hmm. basically the same thing isn't it it is in a sense I think when you're in a romantic relationship with someone my suspicion is that you can't survive without bringing all those aspects of love into that romantic relationship because if all you have is the romance and the eros so the sexual attraction or the physical expression it'll fade out it'll fade out because you're not always going to look like those people in the movies who are Mm -hmm. you know thin and wear bikinis and gorgeous you know you're going to age and Mm -hmm. so what are you going to bring to the relationship that continues to fuel the romantic love Mm -hmm. if it's if all you've got is eros if you've Mm -hmm. got some sense of filial friendship relationship if you have a sense of empathy if you have a sense of commitment those are the kinds of things I think that fuel romantic love for the long haul so you know we're talking about the different faces of love but when we erase all those lines Mm -hmm. it's just love yeah right it's just love and and so let's talk a little bit about how there are so many opportunities within a day Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll give some examples of just being a lover. Yeah. Right? And and they may not seem like being a lover. So let's give some examples. Well, so you hear about those people who go to Tim Hortons and then they, in the drive-thru, and they pay for the coffee for the people behind them. Right? Wow. Have you never heard of that? No, I it's like a it. Thing. It's I a thing. I like thing. it. And I just think... You, why you don't know this person? You're not going to get anything in return for this, and it's just a kindness. It's a kindness, and it comes, hopefully, I would think, from a place of loving, of wanting to spread that joy in the world. Because you're never going to see that person you again. You are never going to see that person, and you reap no benefit personally from that, except the joy that comes from doing something. Filling up in that way. Yes. Yes. Exactly. There. Hey, just so everybody knows, I drive a green soul, Kia Soul. <laughs> If you're in front of me in the, in the Tim Hortons lineup. I like it. I love that as an example. Yeah. That is such a, okay, and what about um, a sincere compliment? Yes. Have you ever noticed that sometimes just somebody commenting about whatever it might be, but it's sincere. Yes. And you don't know them, right? Yes. And how it just lifts it's you up, so doesn't true. it? Especially if it's. Especially if it's someone you don't know. Oh, because totally. again, then what you know, what do they have to gain by saying 
X, Y, or Z. And, exactly. You know, like some lovely compliment. They don't have anything to gain. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, when it's sincere, it's quite lovely. It is quite lovely. And I remember there was a point, when I was younger, I typically was that way. And then I remember enough people saying, oh, you know, people might take that the wrong way. And I pulled away from being like that. Mm-hmm. And then I had to come to it again. Yeah. Because I thought, well, I'm not, I'm not meaning it in any other way other than, yeah, I think they have a beautiful face, or I yeah. like the color of their eyes, or you know, <laughs> it's that simple, and I'm never going to see them again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I totally yeah. agree. And I think we live in a world that is suspicious of that, mm-hmm. right? That is suspicious mm-hmm. of of someone's um, completely genuine. It's innocent. Yeah, an innocent capacity mm-hmm. to be kind right mm-hmm. it's like well mm-hmm. what do you want for that you know and I think that's a loving thing I think it's a loving thing you know um to to be the person that drives your spouse to work in the morning because even though you're retired and you think well I got nothing else to do and it's easier for them and I love extra time that I get to spend with them in the day you know those little things so this is going to lead us into a little bit of a conversation about um self-love and Mm -hmm. taking care of self Mm -hmm. and the difference between using that example of a spouse who is retired but they drive their person to work or or take a parent to a uh an appointment or whatever it might be or a friend or you know whatever it might be um but the reason they're doing it and the motivation behind the action I think is so important right and where some people can get so caught up in being fixers for everybody yes and um they deplete themselves yeah and and so I think that's really important to know the difference between uh, well first off what self-love looks like self-love isn't about looking in a mirror and going oh I'm so this (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. or tweeting all day long or I'm I'm talking about (laughs) talking about a particular politician but I won't because that's not loving um (laughs) that was not my finer self saying that (laughs) okay <laughs> so we're about to go to break and when we come back we are going to talk a little bit about uh you know that there needs to be some boundaries boundaries are mm-hmm. different than walls that we're they pushing away from are. love yeah, but agree. having yeah. self some healthy self boundaries so that when we give we're giving really from love yeah so everybody stay tuned when we come back we're going to talk about self-love awesome Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to CatherinePotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? 
You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now, back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm talking to Doris Keyser. We're talking about love, and we're about to talk about self-love and uh, why it's important forgiveness and learning to let go of grief or bitterness is important. So let's just talk a little bit about first self-love. Yeah, I think self-love is the kind of love that allows you to be, one, gentle with yourself, so not hard on your failings, because we all have failings, and um, being loving of oneself isn't to beat oneself up over those things, it's to try and work through them, so there's that, but then there's also the sense of not giving yourself over completely to others, so that you have nothing left of yourself, so if you um, if you stop um, caring for your own emotional needs if you're not getting enough sleep if you're not eating properly because you're so concerned with other people and whatnot if you give too much um, beyond what your capacity can hold then you're not really taking care of yourself if every sacrifice is other oriented so that you're giving of yourself over and over again you're going to deplete and you're going to you're going to wane in, and it's not healthy and it's I don't healthy. think it's no. love often I, I think, think when is, we do no. that we're mm. doing it for because maybe we don't feel good enough about ourselves or that we don't deserve love or we've been taught that um, to sacrifice is a really good thing, but there's sacrifice and then there's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So really important to, to make sure we're mm-hmm. taking also care of our own needs. Yes, yes. absolutely. I, yeah. You know, I, you're not going to be good for anyone else if you haven't got a solid sense of who you are and where you're at. And uh, we talked a little bit about the notion of boundaries and, and saying, you know, it's not the same as a wall. If you have a boundary, mm-hmm. a boundary is about recognizing what's a healthy space for you and where you want that space to sort of end for someone. And they can be flexible and they look different in different places and different times. But a boundary is something that you set for yourself to say, well, mm, this is where I'm kind of drawing the line. And that is not like having a wall. A wall is like there's nothing's going to penetrate this. A boundary is the constant recognition of the evolution of your relationships and how you want those relationships to unfold. And when we allow ourselves healthy boundary, of course, we will allow somebody else the same. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I always think about this kind of in a joking way where somebody has sacrificed themselves, sacrificed themselves, and then partner wants to go out for the night. And you're like, oh, don't worry about me. But you know that that partner is 
going to pay, you're going to make them pay the rest of their life. Right? <laughs> so really, just say no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and it's also, you know, I've had I, I've had clients where, you know, um, their their kids don't sleep unless mom's in bed falling asleep with them. Then yeah. mom's not sleeping and mom is a wreck and mom's having a hard time, you know, making it through the day because the kids are up all night and they're, and they're you know, she doesn't get a decent sleep because she's stuck in their bed. Well, that's not good for you or your children. No. Right? Or your relationship. Or your relationship. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, th- those are the kinds of boundaries at some point that you say, is this, is this even... Can I even love them if yes. I am in this place? Yes. Can I really yes. love them the way I want to love them if this is how we're constructing our relationship? Probably not. Probably not. So we only have a few minutes left, but I really would like to talk about how important forgiveness is. Yeah. Self-forgiveness, forgiveness for others. So let's talk about that. Yeah. I think forgiveness is the kind of thing, it's not the same as forgetting. You can forgive without necessarily um you know, letting a person back into your life if yes. they've hurt you. Yes. Um, so if someone has hurt you badly, you can forgive them without forgetting what exactly they did so that you don't have to go through that over and over again. Because forgiveness is more than just saying, oh, I'm sorry. It's recognizing what you did, how you hurt another person, right? And so to forgive someone, even when the other person hasn't acknowledged or isn't capable of acknowledging how they might have hurt you is different from opening your yourself up repeatedly to that same hurt yes right so yes. you can forgive someone without necessarily having to have that same situation come back and back and back again and then self-forgiveness is the recognition that you know we're all limited we're all making mistakes we're all bumbling our way through this and at a certain point you're going to learn something and allow yourself to learn that and then forgive yourself for what you didn't know before right because you can only know now what you know now you can't know now what you don't know now and that's the learning process and and so self-forgiveness is a little bit about that and so let's pause because I think when we have self-forgiveness which isn't the same thing people often get bogged down and think this is about condoning that if you forgive you're condoning bad behavior you're not but the recognition of where, you know, at some point I did something and I don't like it now, right? Yeah. But you were where you were and you, yeah. you um, had a certain type of awareness and that's what it is. Exactly. And to be able to forgive yourself for being less aware, you know, less whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And don't you find that when we can come to that place with ourselves, it automatically is a place we go to with others. Yeah. So we're not so. saying, you know, we're basically saying you're not perfect. Yeah. And I may not want you in my life, but I'm I'm letting this go and I forgive you to not be held by that bitterness yeah. or resentment or Oh God, it's yes. exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exa- and it's just and, and it's a wall to love. It is right? a wall. Because if to we love. don't empty out And it makes us sick. It makes us sick in so many different yes. ways, right? So yes. to carry that around, um, and that's that, that's a hard lesson to learn. It is a very hard lesson to learn, right? But again, so just you know, pay attention to what's being held in us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for ourselves or for somebody yeah. else. And that's a that, that that requires time. It does require time. It does yeah. require time. 
<laughs> and a little bit of wisdom and a little bit of skinning our knees. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Falling right. and yes. breaking and, and our hearts and breaking our hearts. Looking other, for yes. love in all yes. the little places. Yes. yes. So, Doris, thank you so much. I think this has been a wonderful conversation. Can you just, uh, if people want to email you, mm-hmm. um, can you just say your email so they can contact you? Oh, sure. Um, what is my email? D K I E S E R at ualberta.ca. All right. And any last minute thoughts before? Oh, gosh, this has just been so wonderful. I love the idea of talking about love in a world where there's other things that are are opposing forces, where we don't stop to talk about this. We talk about, you know, um, people rousing up hate and and hate speech and those kinds. Why don't we have a little love speech? Why 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 don't don't we flood the world with love and see what happens? I agree. And you and I were talking before about we don't recognize that many times throughout our day, Mm -hmm. we're actually sacrificing love. Mm -hmm. We're saying we don't realize because we're not thinking about that that kind word, that gesture, whatever, the turning away, um, Mm -hmm. the, you know, rousing somebody to be bitter or... Right. Yeah. 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 That we're sacrificing love. We and so do. you're right. I think these are really important conversations for us to have. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. I thank really you appreciate for having it. me. It's been wonderful. <laughs> so again, if you want to contact Dora, she's given her email address. If you'd like to contact me, you can go to my website, katherinepotter.ca or email me at katherinepotter at shaw.ca. And um, next week, uh, tune in because I'm going to be talking uh, with MLA Lori Sigerson, and we're going to be talking about politics and her journey as a woman in politics. And she is a amazing woman, and it'll be great to have her on her show. And who knows where we'll go? Until then, uh, why don't you pay attention this month or this week rather? to find ways to release the lover in you and notice when you feel a barrier to it notice when you're saying no to love notice when you're turning away but also know that there's so many ways for example buying that person the tea or coffee (laughs) or a kind word um a kind thought sometimes. Sometimes all it takes is a kind thought. So enjoy your week. I hope it is filled with sweet little actions every day that uh, allow the lover out in you. Have a good week. Thank you for listening this week. Please join your host, Katherine Potter, for another edition of You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind, next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.